Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. I'm going to repeat this, but we are a week away from free agency and the Dolphins continue to make relatively decent sized waves. Welcome to Finsider Radio. My name is Jake Bendel. Joining me is Josh House. This is a Finslider, a little something for you to snack on. And we're here to talk all about the Dak Prescott. No, we're not. No, we're not. Josh, what happened today? What did the Miami Dolphins do? Why are we here talking? We are here talking because the Dolphins placed the exclusive rights tender on Nick Needham, Calvin Munson, and Jamal Perry. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, we are here to talk about the elephant in the room, this massive trade. And I say that, you know, pun intended, six foot six, 350 pound right tackle Isaiah Wilson, the 29th overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft. You know, we heard about the off the field issues. We know the Titans were trying to get away with him, but Jake. The Dolphins made the move. They gave up a seventh rounder in 2021. They are getting Isaiah Wilson as well as a 2022 seventh round draft pick. Jake, tell me what your thoughts are on this topic. There's two things I learned right away from this. Uh, One, a lot of people see this as, you know, you said massive, like obviously talking about the size. People see this as a legitimate, like groundbreaking, like huge steal of a move type of thing. And two, People also see this as something that is going to impact how the Miami Dolphins draft uh, come next month. Neither of those things are true, Josh, because this is a very interesting deal, uh, but it really shouldn't hold too much value. Uh, He can come in and talk the talk because, well, I guess he's done a lot of the talking the talking. Uh, Josh, what were some of the issues uh, this player had that kind of made him uh, really fall out of favor in Tennessee? Yeah, and I can't sit here and speak on, you know, the character issues because neither of us truly know anything about, uh, you know, Isaiah Wilson other than what we hear. But from an NFL.com article, it did say that he was placed on the COVID reserve list twice this season. Obviously, you know, that's just the way this whole year went. But in August, he was involved in an incident at Tennessee State when police respond to the smell of marijuana, it sounded like he was on the balcony threatening to jump. So there was one incident there. And then he was charged with a DUI back in September. He tweeted out a few, I think it was last week, actually, or last month, that he was done playing football. He obviously deleted that, but uh, he was on his way out in Tennessee. Again, this is a guy who a lot of people thought was he reached there with the 29th overall pick, but they saw that he was uber talented and believed that if he reached his full potential, he could become, you know, a dominant right tackle in the league. And I think, uh, Jake, you talked about a little bit. I mean, it just goes to what the Dolphins continue to do. They bring in these, you know, young, versatile players that have all this promise, all this skill. And, you know, uh, you know, we talked about the off the field issues. Brian Flores has to believe, you know, this coaching staff has to believe with the culture in place 
that they can, you know, get the most out of him. And we've seen it happen with some other players. We've seen it obviously not happen with some, but um, I love this move. Again, I think this is a low-risk, high-reward signing. And, um, you know, if he does come to fruition, I think that opens up, you know, a whirlwind of a discussion on where the Dolphins' offensive line goes from here. Yeah, the Dolphins traded a 2021 seventh-round pick to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, in return, the Dolphins got a seventh-round pick in 2022 along with Wilson. And, and yeah, it's it's legitimately concerning when you think about the issues he had. I, I hope he's gotten uh, some of the help to help him get back on track. I believe he was also at a party uh, that, that resulted him going on the COVID list, not wearing a mask. Uh, Josh, I loved your rundown of this guy. The, the amount of snaps he played in 2020. He played four snaps, uh, threw her in victory formation, and then he got, uh, what, he got ran over on a, a field goal. Can you kind of walk me through what happened there? <laughs> yeah, well, someone said he only played three snaps, so my immediate thought was, you know, this would be the funniest video to sit there and break <laughs> down, and it, it really was. And then someone I posted, oh, here's his three snaps. I like, no, man, there was a four snap, and he was there. I think he was uh, playing special teams there for an extra pointer field goal attempt and I mean he got run over so if you want to check that out follow, uh, check it out on Twitter I posted that but again he played four snaps and, and you need a lot more out of that if you're uh investing the 29th overall pick in an offensive lineman ain't that the truth and the deal in terms of money is also pretty appealing um Miami's cap hit for Wilson is about 1.1 million dollars compared to Tennessee's dead cap is set at like 4.8 million because of this again these aren't groundbreaking or earth-shattering numbers but when I saw that Wilson was out there, um, I think it was a couple weeks ago, and, and the way it all kind of happened, it's not like it was a Minka Fitzpatrick thing where, you know, he wanted out, but he he played stellar, and, like, he wasn't threatening to quit playing football. And that's kind of the big difference that comes in here. And, and Josh, I think it's worth noting that if this works out, uh, Isaiah Wilson would be reuniting with our, our boy, uh, the you know, the star of our program here, uh, Solomon Kinley. Uh, which I find that to be super interesting. And another little fact on top of that, the Dolphins now have eight of the top 80 picks from the 2020 NFL draft, uh, six of their own, uh, Lynn Bowden and, and now Wilson. And Josh, I think it's worth pointing out, I mean, four of those are, are on the offensive line. So it's time to put up or shut up, like you said. And I think, you know, for as dismal, I guess, as the offensive line has been, you know, over this last decade or so. I mean, how exciting is it to now, you know, they invested the draft picks last year. We all liked what we saw to Austin Jackson, Robert Hunt, Solomon mm -hmm. Kinley. But I mean, now you're bringing in another potential first round pick with all that talent. You know, if you can somehow own that and, and get the best out of him, I mean, then you're trying to sit here and figure out the best five to play. And I, I think that opens up a, a nice little topic here, Jake. And I kind of want to get your thoughts on this. But if Isaiah Wilson does become the type of player that Tennessee thought he could, where would he fit in on this offensive line because I'm looking at it here and right tackle seems to be you know the position he's best at but you know we got Robert Hunt in the mix there Jesse Davis the center position still up in limbo left side I think that kind of seems set but uh, he would probably be on the right side Jake tell me what you think of the offensive line situation in Miami moving forward there's a lot of dominoes uh, that I'm really starting to pick up on and, and let's just start you know left tackle I think that's pretty pretty solidified and for the foreseeable future unless there are any trades and that is Austin Jackson who again I think it's worth noting that we enjoyed how well these offensive linemen played last year but that shouldn't be confused with the fact that they need to improve right these guys were rookies these guys made mistakes and uh, the reason we enjoyed their play so much and saw the light at the end of the tunnel is because we assumed that second third year growth and, and that's kind of what we're expecting here under Brian Flores and, and, and this regime is that growth that development especially with all these high picks so let's just kind of lock in left tackle there for uh, what we have left guard is really where it starts to get interesting and it's 
you know, Eric Flowers, first and foremost, uh, three-year, $30 million deal signed last offseason where the Dolphins spent $200 million in total, an absolute uh, wild frenzy spending offseason the Dolphins had. And I didn't bring up his contract for the sake of it's a bad contract because I think Eric Flowers played pretty damn well when he was healthy. And the only, I guess, quote-unquote issue is, you know, Flowers, he's kind of a left guard, and that's kind of where the sentence stops. Where Solomon Kinley... Um, he played half the season and probably a little more than half at right guard, and I thought he played decently well. But it's worth noting that he played even better at left guard, right? So you kind of want to move him to his preferred position, which would happen to be left guard. But with Flowers making $10 million and playing good enough, I think you really can't move that around too much. I don't know if you can really move Flowers to right guard uh I'm sure you could, but I wouldn't really want to mess with it too too much. Center seems like the huge question mark. Uh, you got Jesse Davis there and Michael Dieter. Uh, what I thought was interesting, people were saying uh, cut or trade Jesse Davis after this uh, move was made. And I'm going to kind of pump the brakes on putting together my offensive line. And worth noting that, Josh, the signing of Isaiah Wilson on March, 3rd, March 8th has absolutely nothing to do with Miami's free agent plans, has absolutely nothing to do with Miami's draft plans. And I think that needs to be said loud and clear uh, because if the Dolphins were thinking of picking uh, Panay Suella at third overall, this does not change an absolute thing, right? This That would still be the end goal. That'd still be what the Dolphins are looking at. And I posted our last Fin Slider notes. Like I said, we're recording this the night of the trade. Uh, I posted that today, and everyone, you know, I'm surprised that there are a lot of people out there who legitimately see Sewell as Miami's best pick at number three. And I understand it. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, just keep adding depth to that, to that offensive line. And I added to that was a lot of people aren't necessarily thinking the Dolphins are going to pick at three and that we should even stop talking about the Dolphins picking at three because that's going to be a trade down, which again, expected. But I was kind of surprised with the, the volume of people who thought this is the direction the Dolphins were going to go in. So back to the offensive line centers is the huge question mark right now. Uh, right guard, I thought it was really interesting, Josh, that say Wilson becomes the right tackle, or excuse me, say Wilson plays well. I mean, the instant thought is to kick uh, Robert Hunt inside to right guard. A lot of people actually think he would be better at guard compared to tackle. But, Josh, to be completely honest with you, I thought out of the three rookies, and again, I'm not trying to say one, you know, any of them played bad, I thought Robert Hunt was maybe the most consistent. Big Bob Hunt was, was the most consistent out of all three of those guys. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Yeah, I think you, you're definitely right with that. And I think the most exciting thing about this offensive line and just something that we continue to talk about, regardless of what roster spot we're discussing, but it's versatility here. I mean, we're sitting mm -hmm. here listing all these guys, and, I mean, we literally have it. I mean, they can they can interchange this and fit it however they want. We continue to hear the best five players will play. So, um, again, the Jesse Davis stuff, that makes no sense to me because you can't sit here and they're not banking on Isaiah Wilson coming to fruition. You know, this is, again, a low-risk, high-reward guy. They saw a chance we to get We don't know if he'll even be there when camp started. We don't know yeah. if he'll be there when camp starts. Like, yeah. that's the risk, how risky it is. 
Yeah, and I don't even want to, you know, speculate on suspensions or what could happen, but who knows what could happen here. But again, I have a Lance Zerline scouting report here. He is a big, broad, right tackle prospect with outstanding physical traits and above average potential. Wilson's play was a bit uneven depending on his matchup, but his level of play showed improvement in season. He's a little inconsistent hitting his landmarks as his own blocker, but should fit nicely into a man-based blocking scheme. And then goes on to continue to talk about Wilson has elite size and length, and there's buzz surrounding his NFL projections. So that's a little bit of the insight, you know, heading into the 2020 draft on Isaiah Wilson. But again, I mean, this was a sign that I think was Finn Fanatics, our good pals over there. They posted an article, I think it was mid-February, you know, this is the right move for the Dolphins. You know, he's not working out in Tennessee. Make that low risk. Make this make this trade that we've seen New England make, that we've seen Brian Flores and his staff make now that he's here in Miami. I absolutely love this, but I think you're right, Jake. Some people are sitting here saying, you know, this could take Pinay Sewell out of, out of, you know, contention there at three. I don't think that's the case. I do think the Dolphins ultimately will trade down, but I still think that, you know, when you have a great talent like that there and your offensive line, uh, again, I continue to say as you get older, you start to realize how – the NFL game is won and lost in the trenches. So, you know, it looks nice on paper, but until these guys come to fruition, until they reach their true potential, I'm going to continue to throw those darts as many times as I can against that dartboard. Jake, we mentioned Penai Suwell. I have to throw this out there because our good pal Matty Infante over at Pro Football Network tweeted this out about 40 minutes ago. It was kind of a mic drop because it was while wow, all this stuff was going on. He said two things. One, trading Fry Wilson. Trading for Isaiah Wilson is not an impediment to Miami selecting Sewell. He also put, with or without this trade, the Dolphins do not have Peni Sewell in their plans. So uh, that could just be a little bit of a, you know, it's hearsay, it's all speculation, but that's a pretty big bombshell. And again, if the Dolphins see their offensive line as potentially set now with this, I mean, who knows? But the center position to me is is the biggest mm -hmm. question here. I mean, Corey Lindsley's sitting out there. We know everybody loves Creed Humphrey. I saw this nugget. Uh, we know at the Senior Bowl, Jake, the Dolphins uh, coached Wisconsin Whitewater uh, offensive lineman Quinn Miners, and Quinn Miners graduated from the same college as Eric Studsville, the Miami Dolphins offense coordinator. So there's Very a little nice. bit of a nugget there. We know he broke his hand and wanted to play through that. So I'm sure the Dolphins staff He was him. the arm guy. I was going to ask He was the that. arm guy. So, I mean, I'm, I'm saying all this just to say, you know, they are a center away from potentially having a young, stellar offensive line. But, you know, just because they looked great last year compared to what we saw in years past doesn't mean that we're there yet. Yeah, Josh, I'd like to – would you be – any bit upset, disappointed, sad, mad, frustrated, pick a word. Uh, if the Dolphins brought out, you know, Jackson, Flowers, obviously, I think center is going to be an upgrade. Uh, Hunt and, and Davis as year five, would you be upset about that at all? I don't know that I'd be upset, no. What about you? I completely agree with you, and that that's kind of the mindset I have here. When you look at the Wilson, like, I'd love to see him as that second guy at right tackle, or even the third guy I think is going to be okay because, uh, you know, as I said before, I think my biggest fear about someone, like, drafting so well is uh, all those guys I listed, Jackson, Flowers, Hunt, Kim, I think every guy missed, missed at least a game last year, and I'm not trying to say that as a knock. I mean, football, playing in the trenches is very, very tough, and, and that's to be expected, so... Again, it goes back to my little rant about value. Like, I understand the generational talent and how you can plug him in and he'll play, but knowing that he'll miss a couple of games, is that value really being maximized that early in the draft? That's really nerdy stuff, and I don't know if we should really get to the end of that. But, Josh, what I think is also interesting, and I had to cut myself off because I wanted I was talking to you about this before the show. Uh, I remember it was Travis Wingfield after the draft last year. He wrote uh, every 
blurb he did, it talked about how these guys, that everyone that the Dolphins drafted, were leaders on their teams. They were captains. You know, they were, uh, they, they, might have not come from the best backgrounds, but they really built themselves up and they really grew as professionals. And it really seems like Brian Flores gravitates to those type of guys. But then you see what he does in free agency and not even free agency, but he isn't afraid to take these risks. And it's not like this is a huge, crazy risk, but it's still something you should do. I mean, you don't think there'd be 30 other teams that would would have taken Preston Williams for nothing? Um, you know, you think back to what the Patriots did. I, I, you know, I who Albert Hainsworth, that was the one that didn't work out. But the Patriot way, you know, they fixed Randy Moss. That you know, yada 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 junk. I mean, Randy Moss was always one of the best wide receivers of all time. But that is a you know a, a line of thinking that is out there, and I'm just kind of excited to see that they're gonna go under each and every stone and see if there's anything worth picking out. Um, in terms of any sort of talent in these players, I don't see any situation where Flores isn't going to be 100% in and willing to push and willing to work with this guy, but it's got to be a two-way road, right? You know, he's not going to have all the chances. You know, this is probably it after everything that happened last year. And um, I, if I'm Wilson, I mean, you got to see this as, as a pretty positive opportunity to be reunited with someone like uh, Solomon Kinley, who you played with in college, to have a head coach like Brian Flores, who if you put the trust in him, he's going to lead you in the right direction. And, you know, there's a shot that he could start here. I think he really has everything to ask for in the second chance. And I do think that this is one of his best opportunities to, you know, become what he thought he could be. We had Peter Schrager of NFL Network. Good morning, football. I mean, what an awesome show. But he said that Brian Flores and Isaiah Wilson are both graduates of Poly Prep High School in Brooklyn, New York. Flores has known Wilson for years. If anyone could get him back on track, it's flow. So, again, I mean, it, and you mentioned how they took risks before. I mean, do you think, Jake, that they probably have a – I mean, I'm not even going to say do you think. I mean, it, it's kind of almost a foregone conclusion. I mean, we saw it with Antonio Callaway. We knew he had all those off-the-field problems. The Dolphins believed in him. And, you know, whether he had success on and off the, or on the field, that's a story for another day. But, I mean, they had a plan in place, and he even discussed that. You know, the, the situation or the um, path that they put him on led him to, you know, have his chance to, again, play in the NFL. So um, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a perfect situation, I think, here Again, Brian Flores knows him, Brooklyn kid. But, I mean, how much does that truly mean? I mean, you mentioned that Studsville thing earlier kind of as a joke because I don't know how much you can put into that. But, again, Brian Flores is a guy who just doesn't care. And and we talk about it time and time again, but there's just – so much respect around the league for what Brian Flores has done, what he's building here. I think Isaiah Wilson, like you said, seeing his last chance, seeing that he needs to, you know, mature and become the player that he's capable of becoming. I think that um, he has as good a chance as any as becoming that player here in Miami. It's cliche, but it's kind of the truth in, in football, too. It's not necessarily what you know as much as who you know. And Flores having that bond, that connection, I mean, that's why you pick him as your coach to be able to bond with people. And he's done nothing in his two years except, you know, really prove that he can be the player's coach, whether it's willing to go fight dudes who are wearing shoulder pads and helmets while facing Cincinnati, or, or whether it's, you know, testing your guys, pushing his guys to be the best versions of themselves while pushing Tua by putting Fitzpatrick in uh, and pushing Tua by naming him the starter. You know, it's, it's been interesting to see um, these sorts of developments after years of Adam Gase mumbling into a microphone uh, and before that years of Joe Field and talking off of note cards. I mean, this is really refreshing and this is really enjoyable because the Dolphins are in a situation to really uh, start to compete moving forward. 
Yeah, and in years past, I mean, I know we've all felt this way, but, you know, whether it's an Antonio Brown, I mean, I can't sit here and name off all the players. You know, I've had instances with other teams that some other franchise took this low-risk reward on them, and they, you know, Tampa Bay this year, they, you know, they signed Fournette, they signed Antonio Brown. You know, those aren't the reasons they won the Super Bowl, but just taking those risks, I mean, just to be one of those franchises to see, you know, okay, yes, we all sat here and said, Isaiah Wilson, why not Why not go out there and make that trade? You know, it was one of those things that we saw on Twitter where everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's just another player that all the Dolphin fans want. Well, guess what? Now they have him, again, a very talented player back there with his boy Kinley. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty excited for this. I mean, to think that we are not even – we are a little less than, what, nine days away from the start of the actual NFL season, and the Dolphins already went out there, and like you said, now they have, what, eight 2020, like, high draft picks on the roster. I mean, they're, they're building this – yeah, what I say, top eight, yeah. It's just beautiful what they're building here. Yeah, you're 100% right. And, and Josh, I think that's a good way to wrap it up. I hope you guys enjoyed our little fin slider here. If you're enjoying what you're listening to, you know, smash that subscribe button so you'll know as soon as a fin slider or fin slider, whatever it does, really takes off. Uh, be sure to check out our, our work at finsider.com. I like to post our show notes here, and they actually lead to some pretty interesting discussions. And I read all the comments in those because, you know, as J. Cole said, we are all inspired by the world. Let the world be inspired by you. So I'm trying to learn as much as I can from all these different takes we're getting. And, you know, Josh, to do a little reflecting today. I mean, I covered two basketball games. I uh, made a little made a little money off of GameStop. And, and the Dolphins made a trade that, you know, the, the ceiling is the roof in this deal where they could really hit a home run with this. And obviously the... The risk is there, but it's it's certainly not too risky. So I gotta say, man, it's it's been a nice Monday, and tomorrow's my Saturday. Wednesday's my Sunday. I mean, man, I feel pretty good. <laughs> we all should be right now. Dolphins just got Isaiah Wilson, 29th overall pick in 2020. They're trying to build a wall for Tua Tagovailoa. Why not us, guys? Thank you for listening to this episode of the Finsider Radio, part of the SB Nation podcast. If you would like to, follow me on Twitter, at Houts, H-O-U-T-Z. My co-host is Jake Mendel, J-M-E-N-D-E-L-94. For the Finsider Radio podcast, we'll talk to you guys next time. Fins up. Fins up. It's Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Cause we're the Miami Dolphins